of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and thank you for joining me today on the Active Worship Podcast as I am taking this journey through the book of Psalms and the Psalm Project. And I am here today in Psalm 92. Uh, similar to Psalm 91, it is a relatively short psalm. Um, psalm 92 is titled A Psalm, A Song for the Sabbath. So it does it does hold musical intentions. And it speaks of the works of the Lord. Now, the Sabbath, that is an interesting topic. Since it is here in the title, I want to bring that up. There are many who would assume that the Sabbath and the Lord's Day are one and the same. That Sunday is the Sabbath. But uh, in church history, and really in Christian Judeo-Christian history, the Sabbath actually is not the first day of week, the week, which is Sunday, get, Okay, get that in your mind. Sunday is not the weekend. It is not the end of the week. It is the beginning of the week. And that's how it's been in Christian history for centuries. Uh, And and really in Judeo-Christian history, Sunday is the first day of the week. The Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, which for us would be Saturday. And it is a day of rest. So, um... Early Christians would have understood the Sabbath to be that seventh day of the week where they rested. The Lord's Day is Sunday. That is a day of worship, a day of corporate gathering and worship. So they are not one and the same. Many who will advocate for um, the Sabbath and the Lord's Day being the same would be Seventh-day Adventists. And that is a denomination uh, I believe a misunderstanding of what the seventh uh, the Sabbath is. Um, so Sunday, the first day of the week, is the Lord's Day. Saturday, the Sabbath, the seventh day. Um, now I'm not going to get into should we still observe you know all the rules and regulations that were formed by humans on the Sabbath, uh, particularly in the Old Testament. Um, my short answer is no. That is not. Uh, we are under grace now. That is one of those things that is not transcendent through time. Um, but I will say that it is wise to have at least one day of rest throughout the week. You know, um, whether that is Saturday or another day, that that's that's up to you. But it is wise, especially for the human body, to have a day of rest. And some of us need to preach that to ourselves constantly. So Psalm 92, speaking of the works of the Lord, I will not read this psalm because it will be read during the recording. It is actually an old setting of Psalm 92 in which I took a few of the verses in the psalm uh, years ago. I think it was back in uh, 2010 or 11, maybe. Um, And I set this psalm, or a portion of it at least, to music. Um... So the only thing I have added here to the recording, it is on one of my Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs albums, 
The only thing I've added here is the reading of the text, and I've divided it into two sections, and the text is read at two different points in the recording. So I will immediately go ahead and get into my commentary on Psalm 92. Um, it, it begins by saying that it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. The psalmist here realizes that irrespective of what is going on in life, it is always good to praise the Lord. It is never bad. Okay? And I might add, I'm not adding to scripture here, but I might add that the intent here is not just that it is good, but that it is right. It is right, and we should praise the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. But he refers to the Lord as the Most High. This is a similar title to one commonly given actually to Baal in the Canaanite religious texts. You see examples in the Psalms of the writers using the language of uh, pagan people surrounding Israel, uh, perhaps to convey a message to them that they would understand. And so he applies this to the God of Israel, and this is a kind of taunt, in a way, directed toward anyone who is tempted to worship Baal. And then in verse 2 he says, "...to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night." In his covenant with his people, God pledges himself to love them faithfully. He is the author of the terms of the covenant, binding him to his people together. You see this in Psalm 136, uh, where the psalmist says his love endures forever, constantly throughout the psalm. Verse 4, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. The psalmist here concentrates on God's acts in time and space. As I've mentioned recently, God is not bound by time and space, but he certainly uses time and space in the lives of his people. God is not out of touch with created reality, but works through these realities to demonstrate his love for his people. And then in verse 5, this is actually the refrain of the setting. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. God's acts and thoughts overwhelm us as we contemplate them. They draw us on to reverent fascination and humble devotion that exceeds our poor grasp, which is really the best we can do. Verse 7. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. The psalmist does not deny that the wicked appear to prosper in the world. Have you ever wondered why wicked people prosper? Why do bad, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? Well, truth be known, there really is no such thing as a good person. But from our human perspective, people that tend to do good, and that's the pattern of their lives, why do bad things happen? Because God allows it. And keep in mind, we are eternal beings. So this world here is temporary. So any good that happens and any bad that happens is temporary. Verse 9. 
your enemies shall perish. As the psalmist meditates here on the greatness and the justice of God, he comes to the sure conclusion that the wicked will indeed be destroyed. Verse 10, you have exalted my horn. Now we've seen this language of, of the horn used in recent psalms. The horn of an animal is used in the Bible as a symbol of power. And the wild ox raises its horn with pride and confidence. Verse 12. The the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So this is similar to Psalm 1, where it says that he is planted like a tree by the water. In other words, our roots are strong, one who is, whose hope is in the Lord. A strong cro- uh, contrast here is drawn between the flourishing of the righteous and the destruction, uh, and I might add, the inevitable destruction of the wicked. The wicked are like grass, whereas the righteous are strong, vital, and produce trees. Verse 13, they are planted in the house of the Lord. So the source of vitality of the righteous is not themselves, but God. And so the refrain of this setting speaks of the joy that we have in God and in God alone. Uh, this is a a song, I, I enjoy writing these every now and then, that has a repeat uh, section, one that maybe a leader might sing and then a congregation might repeat. So you will hear the leader in this context. I'm doing both parts, by the way, in the recording. But you will hear the part one going, You, O Lord, and then they will repeat, whoever is singing, You, O Lord, and then have made me glad, and then repeat, have made me glad, and then you come together for the chorus, um, How great are your works. And so you come together singing that as one unit. And so... Uh, This is, like I said, an old psalm setting, and I did want to, when I first set out to do this psalm project, this is one of the ones that I've thought about because I've already set some psalms to music, and I I was very intentional. I wanted to use this one as part of this project. And so here is Psalm 92 with the added red text in the recording. Hope you enjoy this, Psalm 92. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass, all evildoers flourish. They are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. You, O Lord.
of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And how deep are your thoughts, O Lord? And how great are your 
away. 